25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Subjectively Speaking on the Hockey Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura... (laughs) I yeah, um, I mean, let me start by saying that first, uh, I don't recommend to anybody to move to a state where um, on March twenty fourth it could just snow out of nowhere. I know that also happens in Ohio, but I really was not expecting that. And my seasonal effectiveness disorder definitely kicking into high gear here in snowy Michigan. <laughs> today i don't know what the weather was like in ohio and quite frankly uh, i don't know that i want to know um it was like high 50s oh fuck off (laughs) and like kind of rainy in the morning uh but then by the time i drove home it was like weird because it was so light outside at 5 30 that i was like are we sure it's 5 30 yeah it's always it's always a weird time of year where like you're still getting used to the fact that it's not dark outside at five. And so this is nice. This is the last time we're doing this, right? Or like second to last. Cause it didn't, I mean like our government doesn't do much, but didn't they like, aren't they changing this whole daylight savings time thing? Well, potentially, but they're probably going to get bored of doing things that make sense and start fucking shit up again. Well, I know it passed something. Like, it passed, like, one of the chambers. I just don't know which one. I think it passed the House of Representatives and then got sent to the Senate. But all the senators are tied up trying to make a black woman feel bad about her accomplishments. So. Ah. Uh, you know, the thing that the Senate does best. <laughs> Welcome to, <laughs> subjectively speaking, the where we're just going to talk about our pol- our politics today. Um yeah, no, it's really just a shit show. I've actually not watched the time. Actually, right before we hopped on, I watched uh, Lindsey Graham do his whole, like, blow up over basically, like, having having to talk to a black woman, which I'm sure is really difficult for him to have to do. Um, so his little temper tantrum that he had today. I don't know if it's today, but just, like, over the course of this hearing. But if you want to change that narrative, then you should watch Cory Booker and what he said yesterday because it I did is see that. an entirely different vibe and um more conducive to i think how we view things but this is not a political podcast and i don't want to alienate anyone but it's pretty Unless much you're known. racist and you suck if you're racist yeah. and you suck maybe like i do want to alienate you i'm sorry i actually don't have time for you <laughs> yeah. you're like I mean, if you've gotten this far, we're, this is what, episode 105? That's a if good point. This far, it should be pretty evident. It should be pretty evident what our like, political standings are. So if, if you've gotten the day, this far and you feel shocked, then that's what you need to do. <laughs> at the end of the day, it's not even that, right? Like, I feel like, at least from the perspective of our show, it's like, if you just, like, aren't a dick, like, if you just, like, love people of, like, regardless of literally everything, like, this is a place for you. And if you don't, well, then, like, please, like, turn it off. (laughs) Please go ahead, pick up your coat, and see yourself to the door. (laughs) Correct. We handle hecklers well. 
We do. We do. And by that, I mean, like, I know, like, Laura, like, might take it personally, but I'll, like, find I will, out. and I'll probably cry about it for several days. <laughs> uh, speaking of things we cry about, the Columbus Blue Jackets, baby. The Columbus Blue Jackets played the Pittsburgh Penguins. You can't say that they didn't do that. You can't say that they didn't hey. have a hockey game. It only was bad for the last 40 minutes. Yeah. Bad news, though. Um, hockey games are 60, and when you're bad for 40, chances are. <laughs> chances are you're going to lose. Yeah, you're going to lose. That you're gonna lose we did. Bad. Yeah. Wow. Um, not great. Not great. The Blue Jackets lost 5-1 to one of the Pittsburgh Penguins. If you're listening to this show, you probably don't need to know know that um you probably are pretty familiar with the fact that uh the blue jackets laid quite the egg against the tuxedo chickens and um yeah it's just not a it did not give what we wanted it to no, give after a really was- weird start to the week of course we talked about the trade deadline and we talked about like all these things really i mean the only lineup change is you know brendan gaunts goes in for um max domi and Jonas corpusalo gets to start <laughs> which we'll get to. Um, Yannis Corpusala gets the start, which is like a little bit different than the last game. But yeah, I mean, it's just like overall not a grand time on Tuesday night, if I uh, have to tell the truth. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and like we joked, it was the first period was like pretty okay. Hell, we ended the first period winning that game. We were, were up one nothing um after the end of the first period um and then things just sort of fell apart we just couldn't couldn't get ahead of them ever and the penguins are a high scoring team and they showed that they're also a very like physical team and i don't know what was up with us on tuesday but we just weren't there and um as we know now, there were some issues with Corpy, and um, it just really, no one was sad. No Blue Jackets fans were sad when that game was over on Tuesday night, because it just was not great. So yeah, overall, overall bad times. And, and to your allusion to, to Corpy and to his injury you know recently find out that he's going to be out for the rest of the season uh after um i don't know that he's has he had the hip surgery yet i don't know that he has it was today it was today so um so we are recording this on thursday night and we found out this morning um that Jonas corpusalo is undergoing or underwent um hip surgery to repair an injury that apparently he's been dealing with all season um which can also speak probably to the performance issues that um he has been experiencing and will now be out for the remainder of the season and which all depending who knows what's going to happen but more than likely that performance on tuesday was the last time we will see Jonas corpusalo in a blue jackets jersey which sucks because it does not represent all that Corpy has done for this team. And obviously, again, like I said, who who the heck knows what's going to happen? Who knows, you know, what Yarmo is going to do? But 
Um, you know, it just is, it's not the way I would have wanted to see him have his last game. I mean, Kirby's been with the, the organization for 10 years, seven seasons with up with the main squad. Um, second longest tenured Blue Jacket under Boone Jenner. Um, I mean, just had some incredible moments for this team, especially after after Bob left and he could kind of emerge um, from that shadow um, during Elvis's first year. Um, and that incredible, you know, 82 save game in the bubble, like... It just sucks to see his more than likely last season as a Blue Jacket come to an end like this. Do you want me to send Kleenex to your house an hour later? <laughs> I mean, I did cry listening to the, the skate space yesterday when they were talking about Corby. I'm having a week, so it's fine. I have lots yeah. of times. I mean... <laughs> I mean, like, the last couple of seasons, like, Corpy just, like, hasn't been himself. And, like, you wonder, like, I wonder, like, how much of this hip injury has, like, been, like, a thing. You know, obviously, it's something that they said has been nagging him for a while. And, you know, of course, as a goaltender, uh, rumor has that hips are important. Ask Daniil Tarasov also had a similar surgery, also sidelined him for six months. I mean, the realistic truth is that, like, Corpy's gonna really be pushing a training camp like in in terms of like being ready and, and having been recovered and it could really affect whether or not he's gonna find himself with a contract at the beginning of the year next year anywhere uh let alone with the columbus blue jackets and that's gonna be a fascinating thing to follow and it's one of those things where you almost wonder if the club does him a solid and, and signs him to something just so that way he has a year and a little bit of time to recover and maybe he maybe he does continue to back up elvis and I, I don't know, though. It just feels like that situation is untenable at this point. And not that there's any sort of, like, ill will or resentment toward toward one another in that Elvis and, and Corby are friends, right? But it's just, like, at the end of the day, like, this is a situation that both of them have been dragged through for the last two, three years, and, you know, which is hard to believe. Like, and I guess I should say two or three seasons because, like, of the weird 2021 season. But, you know, it, it's a situation that I don't think either one of them thought they would be in for this long. And, and I think that that has obviously been detrimental to Jonas Corposalo, the person who, you know, effectively became the Blue Jackets' number two guy over the course of the last few seasons. And so you hate you hate to see it for the guy – especially like you said, after everything that he's done for this team, you know, just being a really valuable asset to the Columbus Blue Jackets on and off the ice. I mean, everybody talks about how great he is off the ice too, right? And so I know that there was a lot of excitement in the team when he stuck around at the deadline. And I'm sure that the team was gutted when this decision was made. I mean, there's also the cynic in me that like <laughs> in the back of my head, I'm like, this whole timing thing is just fascinating, right? Because it's like, ah, ah, after the trade deadline is when we're like, ah, yeah, shut it down. Like, I mean, like, uh, like, let's be honest. Like, I'm not here to say that he would have passed the physical if he would have been traded, but it's it's interesting to know that that there would have been some some you know comfortability with sending him to another team, knowing that he had this nagging injury. And knowing that this was going to be a problem for him at some point, if not even down the stretch. So what are you going to do? That's hockey. That's how this whole thing works. But, yeah, like you said, 
he's going to be on the sideline for a while. Apparently, Elvis is good. I don't know. I it just yes. feels like it just feels like a silly thing to rush. So maybe this is again me being the cynic. It's like you made it pretty clear at the deadline that you're not a team that really expects to make a push for the playoffs. Like if you were, you keep Max Domi. You you don't think you are, so you don't. And I just don't understand really the point in rushing Elvis Merzlikens back onto the ice personally. Like I don't know what you gain from that. But they didn't ask my opinion. I'm just here to give it to you all as you listen. Yeah. Um, so after like, I think a, a collective panic from all of the all of the fifth line. Um, about 40 minutes to an hour after they announced that Corpy was going to be out for the rest of the season. And all of us were doing like some goalie math as to who exactly was going to be playing in our two goalie positions and also who the hell was going to be playing in Cleveland. Um, they announced that Elvis is back from his back injury. <laughs> um, Elvis is back? Which was ironic because, you know, Jeremy and I were talking about it off mic uh, this morning, how basically everyone was saying, it seems like it's going to be more like week to week rather than day to day. And then like, a phoenix rises from the ashes. Uh, Elvis is is back and ready to uh, start tomorrow, more than likely in Winnipeg. Um, so who knows? I don't know if maybe they just realized that his back injury wasn't as major as they thought it was going to be, or if they were... You know, players play injured all the time. So, like, maybe they were able to find, like, kind of a Band-Aid solution for right now. Um, but Elvis is also one of those people that, like, is going to push to be ready and to be out on the ice. Um, so, yeah. So, Elvis and Barubi are who um, are going to be our goalies for the next few um, upcoming games. So, we'll see how this goes. But we're also going to see the return of Adam Boquist, which is very exciting because um, our defense could use a little oomph, and he's usually good at providing that. So it will be nice to see him back out on the ice, although Jeremy thinks that um, it may not be for the rest of the season. I Hear me out. It's I think just, it's too soon to call him the next Ryan Murray. I think it's too soon. I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong about this. It's his I don't, first I think I'm season. Right. It's his first season. I think I'm right. Because it's... It, the tendencies... I mean, like, it just feels like over but I don't and think over. He had, I don't think he had this issue in Chicago. Which is why I think it is too soon to say that Adam Boquist is the next Ryan Murray. I don't think it is. I, I really don't think it is. I just, it, it, I mean, he's been Ryan Murray this season. You can't tell me I'm wrong. You can't tell well, me that. Well, no, you're not wrong about this season, but I'm just saying I don't know that it's going to be, because all of his injuries have been different. Ryan Murray has a chronic back injury. It was other things with Ryan Murray though throughout his career. Yeah, that was the predominant one. But similarly, the predominant one for Adam Boquist so far has been his head. Like that's been his predominant. No, and I'm serious. You laugh. No, I know. Like he he has a history with concussions, and concussions are a bitch. Concussions almost ended Sidney Crosby's career. You know, 
way earlier than it should have been ended. Concussion cut Rick Nash's career short. Right. And I mean, like, so for me, like, I think through that and it's just like, I hear what you're saying. Like, I don't necessarily, you know, disagree. And I know I'm probably being a touch of a pessimist, but you know, it's not, it's not to say that he, he's not (laughs) struggled with this throughout, you know, his time. I, I mean, I just think we need to give him the benefit of the doubt and see how next season goes. And if he gets injured in game three, then, you know, we'll know. Well, and you say that he didn't have this issue in Chicago. He played 35 God games. damn it. I knew you were going to look it up. Yeah, and I'm double checking to make sure that this is not like uh, he played in the AHL or anything like that. Um, so I'm going to keep rambling while I'm doing that. But yeah, he played 35 games. And if you'll remember right last season, 56 games in the NHL. So, um, you know, obviously like 21 games missed, whether that's through injury or through other things we're going to find out in a second. But, you know, it's just like, it's always fascinating, right? Like, and I mean, like, it's not just Adam Boquist in the league. I mean, like Bowen Byram in in Colorado is a really, really good player who, um, you know, (laughs) is, is struggling to stay healthy as well. Um, but yeah, no, it looks like it was injuries in Chicago that kept him out of 21 games. He played 41 games the year before in Chicago in an 82 game season. Now, granted, he played 15 games in. No, the um, season before wasn't an 82 game season. Okay, it was a 70 something game season. But you'll, I mean, you'll understand where I'm coming from in saying that he's not playing complete seasons in the NHL. Like he's, he's getting injured. <laughs> Um, and so I'm hopeful that that's not the case, but I just think that you're putting bad karma out there. That doesn't need to be out there. I'm just like, I just like, I have the ick. I have the ick in my gut about his health. But you know, what's nice is when he is healthy, he plays well. So yeah, he's great. Yeah. When he's healthy. So does Ryan Murray. Ryan Murray was great when he was healthy. Like, and that's the thing, like. And Ryan Murray had a few really healthy seasons. Like he had a few seasons where he where he played all eighty two games, and so you know, or at least somewhat near that. And so it, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, I'm wrong. I also want to reiterate that I hope I'm wrong. Like I'm not like trying to be right about this, um, but it is just kind of what my gut is telling me, and I just don't love that. Well, we'll just have to see, and hopefully, he can remain healthy for the rest of this season, which isn't for much longer. So the Blue Jackets only have a little over a month left um, in the regular season. So we're getting down, getting down there in games, which is crazy because it feels like the season kind of just started, but also not. It's been such a whirlwind. I mean, you know, you say, I, I just remember like, when we were, I forget how many games into the season we were. I want to say it was twenty, and I was just like, "There are sixty-two more games." There are. 62 and I was pumped, more and you were not. But it's not okay. Drama. I was not that I wasn't pumped. It was just like hard to conceptualize. In as you mentioned, like fifty-six games last year, less than eighty-two the year before. Like just like it's hard to conceptualize this long of a season, um, you know, and how many games get played. I mean, it's just wild, and. And I mean, the ups and downs of this season and all those things, you know, we're just, we're just fans. Like we're just, you know, fans, we're people who talk about it and I'm tired. Like I like, 
and it's not that I'm ready for the off season because don't you worry your pretty little heads. That's going to be subjectively speaking content, but it's just like in my, in my head, I'm like, I'm like not going to be mad when this season's over. Like, I just think that I'm like going to like, I'm going to take this summer as like the first summer that hockey has been somewhat moderately normal to just like breathe and like feel contentment until Yarma does something crazy. But for the meantime, I'll like breathe in a sigh of relief that, the craziness of like the last three, because that's how it feels to me. It feels like this at the end of this season, it feels like the, the craziness of the last three will have kind of been lifted in a way. If that makes I sense, I just want like good crazy. Like, I don't want it's just been kind of like weird crazy or bad crazy since we swept the <laughs> swept the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, it's just sort of been like a roller coaster of things. And of course, you know, the team looks entirely different than that, you know, in just three years. Like, and so I just kind of want some, you know, it's good to see the progress that we've made so far. And obviously there's still a month worth of games to play, but you know, it's good to see some of the progress and some of the things that they're doing to get this, like, restructure rebuild reload whatever you want to call it going um and feel kind of like i feel pretty positive about what foundation they're putting together so i just want good crazy like i want a nice line a contract oh yeah i want a few shifts to maybe bring in some more solid pieces that can play right away when this new season starts and you know some good development from our prospects and a solid draft that's all i'm asking for really yeah i mean if you look at last season you look at last summer i mean you're asking your request for this summer i mean you can't beat what happened last summer. I mean, I know it was a lot of crazy for you in a way that you didn't maybe love, but, but really last summer did something for this team that, that set this rebuild, reload, whatever the word is ahead a year or two, if not more. And you're just always hopeful that this summer is going to do something similar. You know, it's, it's hard. No, no season is a gimme when you play in the metropolitan division, you look around at what's around you and you can see the talent that exists on every single one of the teams in the Metro, even the ones that are struggling, like, like the devils of the world, the Islanders, which the devils to me, like shock me that they're so bad because like, to me, they're a team that's going to be pretty good in the future. <laughs> like, but like right now they're just like, to me, they're like what people thought that we would be, I think like in terms of their like mm-hmm. development and their rebuild and so I'm sure that at some point, like, they're going to find a way to, to figure it out. But it'll be an interesting division next year for sure. And I think that this summer the Blue Jackets can position themselves to be competitive and, you know, move forward from, from a season that has been uh, – has exceeded expectations, I'd say, by, like, most accounts. But, uh, you know, obviously – a lot of exciting things to look forward to. Obviously, Ken Johnson is getting ready to start playing in the NCAA tournament uh, for Michigan. But once that's over, who knows what will happen? He might find his way back to Columbus or into Columbus. You know, I mean, most most people feel pretty strongly that we'll see him at least a couple of times before the end of this season. 
Um, yeah, the only way that won't happen in my head is like if Michigan does, in fact, win the championship and it's like the timing ends up being like so close that the Blue Jackets don't want to waste a year of his entry level. Um, well, the Frozen Four is the first weekend of April. Oh. So in Texas. So he would still, we would still have that's three, three full weeks of. Yeah, that's definitely um, earlier than I thought it was. Yeah, it's. I think they said it's the second and third, or it might be the fifth and sixth. It might be like in the middle of a week. Love that. Um, but I mean, we would still have three whole weeks. Seventh and ninth. Seventh and ninth. Okay. I mean, hell. <laughs> yeah, that's three full weeks after that's over. So even if he just came, even if we just got him in time to like do the last five games, like get him in for Ottawa and then ride out that last week, like. It's still five games. Is it worth it? Like, do you th- do you think it's worth it? I mean, I think it's worth it to see what he could do, and in, in a situation where we definitely by that point will be far out of any miracle, um, like of going to the playoffs. Like, I guess my question. So the Blue Jackets have done this before, right? Like they've brought in. Alexander Texier at the very end of a season. Eric they Robinson. off his entry-level contract. But it was in a year where they were in the playoffs. It was in the year it, they swept the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was an integral part of that series. Maybe I'm I'm being cynical in saying this, but I don't think it's worth burning an entire year of an entry-level contract to have a kid come over and play five, six games uh, of meaningless hockey of hockey. That is, it's not meaningless. It would, it would show us a lot. Say, about that's him. kind of a harsh, but it, I mean, like sincerely, like it, it doesn't matter. Like it's hockey. That's not going to matter other than to where the blue jackets end up finishing the season and how it's going to affect draft lottery. Right. And so Wait, but in terms of like player development and, but are you going to learn enough in five games to warrant making it so that you burn an entire year and then you're running into a situation where you have guys like, um, you know, Cole Sillinger, you know, and Kent Johnson in the same cycle of contracts to where, like, they're always going to be running out of con- – like, they'll run out of their ELC the same year. They'll do all these things at the same time. Like, I don't know if it's worth it, like, personally. I, I know, know you hate when we disagree, but like that's just kind of like where I'm at on it. Where I'm just like, it just doesn't know. I don't know if it makes a ton of sense, but um, you know, obviously, if Michigan gets eliminated sooner, I don't think they will. I think they're really good. Like, if they get eliminated here in the first few rounds, like obviously, like and you're getting more games, then maybe that makes sense. Like, if we start to get closer to, you know, as of right now, the Jackets have got 18 games left. If you start getting closer to to 10 games, like. Of, of getting him on the ice then maybe like then maybe I'm okay with that but uh he's capable like he can he can jump in I think like I think he's ready to play NHL games it's just a matter of uh managing assets at this point and I wonder just where where that ends up 
But we'll see. We'll see soon enough. Um, but what we don't have to wait soon to see uh, is um, just how many that you all, how much money you all can win on DraftKings. We don't have to wait very long to see that because uh, right now our friends at DraftKings, they are running grand old deals for you all as NHL fans because as we all know, the NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. And as the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp because everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, 21 and older. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Talking about something I want to take a bet on, who do you think is going to punch Marcus Foligno first? It's a good question. We're, we kind of lost out on our main scrapper, um, but Andrew Peak might give him a go. That feels right. What if it's Patrick Line? Patrick Line has gotten in fights before. It'd be interesting to see. I don't know if it's really currently Patrick's brand, but it might not be. But I mean, you think back to that game. Patrick also the victim of a, a similar-ish situation. Maybe there's some resentment there. Maybe there's some, maybe it's Jakub Voracek. Maybe it's just Jake. I mean, Jake could very well handle his own business. So, my God, that'd be fascinating. I'm curious to know when Jake's last fight was, going over to our friends at Hockey Fights to see. Well, while you're doing that, the Blue Jackets uh, do have two games this weekend. They will face off against, as you're listening to this on Friday, they will be up in Grand Canada facing off against the Winnipeg Jets and our old pal Pierre-Louis Dubois. Um pretty i mean it's kind of like pretty i mean there's not a huge difference between like our records and the jets so like gonna be kind of even keel so we'll see how it goes um it would be nice if if we could pull out a win um you know, we shut them out the first time around, so may not get that lucky this time, but would be nice to leave Canada and this two-game series um, with them, with us on top, but we shall see. We'll also see if um, PLD does anything obnoxious, um, as he likes to do when he plays against us, but... That is fine. And more than likely, like we said earlier, probably an Elvis start. And then immediately back down to the lower 48 to face off, as we were mentioning, Marcus Foligno and the Minnesota Wild. Um, definitely um, a little a difference between us and the Wild. Um, but, you know, we were able to pull out, pull off a, a win the last, the last time. So... 
maybe the odds will be in our favor, but I kind of feel like the Wild are going to come hard at us on Saturday. So we'll see how it goes. The Jets are in an interesting position, in my opinion, because, I mean, like, a lot of people have written them off. It's it's difficult to see them in the playoffs just because of, of the number of games they have left to play versus the folks who kind of find themselves in similar situations. They've just got a few less games to play, uh, so they've got a few less opportunities to get points. But they're definitely not out of it by any means. I think that that's what will make this interesting because not that we don't have anything to play for, but definitely the Jets are going to be – more relevant to the playoff conversation in the West than we are right now in the East. And so that'll be fascinating. Also the first time, and this is, it just seems wild because we're almost at the conclusion of a second full, well, not full season, but a second regular season uh, with, uh, you know, Jack Rosovic and Pat, uh, Patrick Line as members of the Blue Jackets. But this will be the first time that they return to Winnipeg uh, to play in their old arena. Uh, so obviously Pierre-Luc Dubois That's came back true. at the beginning of this season. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Roslevic and Line have not gotten a chance to get to Winnipeg and they will do so for the first time because you know what everybody says, everybody's dying to get to Winnipeg. Oh yeah. I mean, they've just been checking off the days to get to Winnipeg. Um, but I did just remember that when we played Winnipeg, when Winnipeg came to Columbus, Riley Nash was a jet. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. He's because been on three of the different teams since then. Yeah, the celebration of him when he uh, <laughs> when he came, uh, and and then obviously uh, you know juxtaposed with um, you know <laughs> the response for Pierre Luc Dubois. But uh, yeah, I'm looking now. Hold on. So I finally got this fight card pulled up for <laughs> for uh, our good pal Jakub Voracek. So it looks like he's got. Only a total of one, two, three, four, five, six fights in his NHL career. His first one was actually as a member of the Blue Jackets in 2010 when he fought Chris Letang, um, so of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, his most recent fight, 2019, against then Ottawa's Nick Paul. Um, obviously, Nick Paul got traded to the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning during the trade deadline this week, but uh, that was his last fight. So, uh, you know. Two and a half, three years ago, and so it's gonna be. I don't know that he's won to fight. I mean, hell, Marcus Foligno was involved in a fight just this last weekend. So it's he has got nine fighting majors on the year. Marcus Foligno does compared to Jakub Voracek's six in his career. So it might it might not happen for Mark or for uh, Jakub. And honestly, I don't know that I would uh, recommend it personally. Uh, if not know. a fight, I just pure, I purely want him to just body Marcus Foligno like I want him to just cement himself into the ice and just be a stone wall and just body slam Marcus Foligno you and me both I mean he's he's physical enough to do it. he's got the size to do it I mean he's definitely you know known to throw the body around a little bit here and there and so it'll be interesting to see if he does that but yeah like you said two very Interesting games against two opponents that the Jackets have found success against this year. And, uh, you know, obviously the last matchup between us and those two teams. But, yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. We've talked about it a little bit. Uh, you know, Elvis Merzlikens, he's, he's going to start at least one of those games. And I, if he starts both of those games, I'm just going to, like, shake my head. Like, 
I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be a toss-up, but knowing Elvis, he'll want to start both games. So, yeah, you know. I uh, he, he can't. He cannot have back spasms and be like, hey, go play your first action. Go play back-to-back games. Night after night, go play back-to-back games. One against a team that can light the lamp. Minnesota's no joke. They can light the lamp. I don't know. It's his in his nature, though. So it's well, all going to depend. On, it's all going to depend on how what Manny says. If Manny yeah, thinks say, Manny needs to be like, "Hey, <laughs> let's let's manage the assets here. Let's not let's mitigate risk here. Let's keep our goaltenders safe because what the Jackets really don't need is another goaltender having to have some sort of a surgery that keeps him out for six months because two is enough. <laughs> yes, we've hit our quota, but. I mean, J.F. Berube, for those who have forgotten, um, you know, came up, played, played four games for the Jackets. Or I should say started four games for the Jackets this season so far. Uh, posted 3-1 and one record. He's got a 325 goals against average, which is a little unfair uh, because he's posted a 924 save percentage. So, you know, keep in mind, I think one of those games, how many shots did he face? He faced, he, uh, yeah, in his four starts, ready for this? 50 shots, 42 shots, 42 shots, 36 shots. So he's not exactly gotten a lot of love from the defense in his starts in Columbus, but he's been effective. And if I'm Manny Legacy, if I'm, you know, if I'm filling out my starting lineup, I'm starting him in one of these games. I don't know that I have a preference as to which. I'd probably start him against Winnipeg and then give Elvis Minnesota, but I'm not, you know, emotional about either one. Yeah, it'll be interesting. So, but other than that, not a lot going on in Blue Jackets world. I think it's kind of just at this point where we're kind of coasting, right? Like we're kind of like the hockey's going to get played. We're going to talk about the hockey. We're going to have some things to to look over to see. Obviously, as we begin to have some folks return from injury, uh, you know, they'll get back into the lineup. We'll see how they're doing again. Adam Boquist will draw back in. He's off of IR. You know, you hope to see the name, the likes of, you know, a Boone Jenner or an Alexander Texier back in the lineup at some point before the season's over. But quite frankly, I, I think that might be a little bit of a wishful thinking, especially in the case of Boone Jenner, perhaps not in the case of Alexander Texier, but nevertheless. Um, I would have said opposite. No, I think Boone's done. I I just like something tells me like back injuries are so difficult, and he's missed. He's gone seasons of missing forty games. I'm just like part of me is again, and I know that we we disagreed a little bit earlier on this. Is just like just shut it down. Just like turn it down. Like there's no real like <laughs> like reason to to get Boone back into games, especially as we're looking like the last four or five games of the year. If that's when he gets healthy, you know. I just don't – the risk, it feels like a risk. And I, I don't know if it's one that you need to take if you're the Jackets. But uh, the likelihood to me is I, I, I actually think both of them won't play again this season, but we'll see. Yep. I Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Good talk. Um, so uh, anything else from you, Laura? Anything else on your radar? Uh, no, not really. Amazing. Well – 
there will be things on our radar, I'm sure, throughout the week uh, as we begin to approach and as we go through uh, this weekend's action again against Winnipeg and then against Minnesota. So you're going to want to follow us on all the things, and I don't know anybody better than to uh, to tell you where to find us on those things other than uh, Miss Laura Norman. Yeah, you can follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at SubductivelyPod. You can follow us on Facebook at SubductivelySpeaking. Um, our website, SubductivelySpeaking.com. If you're looking for some fun merchandise and to support your two favorite podcasters, we have a merch store, SubductivelySpeaking.Threadless.com. Bunch of cool designs. So many different things that you can get them printed on. Um, and then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Again, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down. Hit that five-star rating, please. No, uh, shout out to the person who gave us a four-star rating. You humbled us. Sure. <laughs> um, and we just love and appreciate you all so much. That we do. So until we get the chance to talk to you all next time, enjoy some jackets hockey this weekend, and we will chat with you all next Tuesday. Bye.